0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Get exclusive access to over 200 additional podcasts from our archive by becoming our patron today. Learn more by visiting livinghour.org patron. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Four Minute Essays by Frank Crane, published in 1919. Would you like a magic formula to help you through life? Here is one that I like to repeat over and over again. It goes like this. Mine own will come to me. This statement is not provable. The deepest truths of life never are. The creeds of the world that have led humanity up out of barbarism into civilization, out of war into law, out of lust into love, are all open to doubt. We do not reach those sublime conclusions that transform our lives by building babel towers of bricks of logic, for the end of all such work is a confusion of tongues. Instead, we fly to them by the airplanes of faith. We believe them. We do not know them and the best things of existence are believed, not known. We believe them because we are drawn to them, because something in them appeals to something in us. The most usable and persuasive wisdom has never been included in encyclopedias. It is felt by simple hearts, as sunshine is felt, It comes to us by affinities and repulsions and are as mysterious yet as potent and undeniable as electricity. So that is how I know, mine own will come to me. Destiny makes no mistakes, it is not blinded by fear or favor. Every person who lives and works aright shall receive their penny and I mine. I shall not want. In my closet will always be clothes enough, in my pantry food enough, in my bank money enough, in my acquaintance friends enough, to last me my time, as long as I am needed in this world. I shall not worry. Mine own will come to me. I shall not strain nor chaff. I shall not drop into the weakness of petulance. I shall not poison my strength by doubt. Why should I, when mine own will surely come to me? Mine own may not be what I fancy, but what it will be is no business of mine. All the time I spend in speculating on what it may be, is wasted and breeds disappointment. Mine is the simpler task, just to do my work, to find the great cosmic laws and heed them, to love and to be happy. For mine own will come to me. It is on its way. It is stepping surely down from the future, and one day will open the door of the present and come in and I shall be satisfied. In the meantime, I have a proposal to make, and that is that the world needs schools to teach people how to live. More than anything else, people need to know that. Yet school systems and colleges are teaching everything but that. Reading, writing, and arithmetic, science and engineering are all fine and good. But the one thing that all people truly need to know is how to live. For that is what's the matter with all who go wrong. Only one kind of education is of first account for a bad child, or even a bad adult for that matter. It is the kind that educates them to live. After all, career training will not cure a person of selfishness and deceit, nor will geography and algebra help them to be clean, brave, and kind. Here are a few of the subjects in which students, young or old, should be drilled. How to control your temper. How to use your imagination so as to strengthen you instead of making you weak. How to improve and toughen your will. How to find pleasure in common things. How to get joy out of nature. How to find happiness in altruism. How to work so as to make work a pleasure. How to be a good person without being a fool. How to make friends and keep them. How to handle enemies and those who wrong or offend you. How to get along with relatives, and all with whom you come in contact. How to value your own self-esteem more than the praise of others. Think of all the restless, worried, unhappy, complaining people who simply need a few primary lessons in the art of living. They think they want money, or notoriety, or to travel or get divorced, or to change their circumstances. But these things are not what they need. They need to know how to live. And nobody tells them. Schools don't tell them. Doctors don't tell them. Judges and prison keepers don't tell them. Millions blunder along and make a mess of life because they have studied anything else under the sun except living. Many people have philosophies of life, ideas on the subject of happiness, and dreams of success that are ludicrous and unfounded. I have met millionaires, successful business people, learned professors, gifted artists, and able preachers who have not the slightest notion of how to be happy. And yet I shall not start a school of this kind, for the simple reason that those who most need to learn how to live are the first to resent the suggestion that they need it. Humility is the only door by which wisdom, greatness, and peace can enter and it is usually barred and bolded by pride and egotism. Now, a little final advice for those who have learned how to live, and are seeking the path of greatness. The path of greatness, although a secret matter, is yet well known. It has had its masters, examples, and teachers, and whoever wishes to strive toward it, may attain it. Herein lie the secrets of being great. The great soul has its resources within itself, while the small soul looks to outside things and other people. The great soul asks, what is true? The small soul, what is expedient? The great soul is radical. It seeks for causes. The small soul is superficial. It sees only symptoms. The great soul is of a hospitable mind. The small soul clings to prejudices. The great soul cares only that it be sincere. The small soul that it produces a desired effect. The great soul is honest with itself. The small soul is satisfied with honesty toward others. The great soul can concentrate. The small soul is dissipated. The great soul dominates its environment. The small soul is dominated by it. The great soul is decisive. The small soul constantly hesitates. The great soul has poise. The small soul is ever unbalanced. The great soul has principles. The small soul policies. The great soul learns the general laws that run through the universe and trusts them even against appearances. The small soul sees only the present profit and loss and hence is confused and can neither believe nor understand. The great soul is above worry. The small soul is burdened by it. The great soul has no fear. The small soul is harassed by fears continually. The great soul lives easily. That is, with dignity and calmness of mind. The small soul is readily upset great soul speaks concisely, it's yea is yea, the small soul always wrangles. The great soul first makes sure it is right, and is then firm. The small soul is first firm, and then casts about for reasons for being so. The great soul is sincerely humble, the small soul is vain. The great soul is appreciative of all. The small soul is flattering toward those from whom it seeks some favor, negligent or insolent toward those who cannot contribute to its advancement. The great soul is temperate in all things. The small soul is intemperate in its beliefs, opinions, and tastes. The great soul has the atmosphere of charity, is tolerant toward all, and helpful in the very character of its life. The small soul is satisfied with simply acts of charity. What impresses you in the great soul is its reserve power. In the small soul, the performance or the word seems greater than the individual. With all this in mind, Let us remember to deal reverently with one another, and with awe, for we are all so complex. It should not be so hard to believe in God, for we ourselves are scarcely less wonderful. The universe is just as great and amazing inside of us as on the outside. Immanuel Kant marveled when he looked into his own heart as he did when he looked up at the stars. So the stars over you are no less sublime than your soul which mirrors them. Your memory is a greater thing than any museum, for it is a living museum. Your will is greater than gravitation, electricity, or gunpowder, for it can use them to its advantage. Your imagination is more wondrous than any gallery on earth, for those painted pictures come and go with swiftness, while your conscience is as mysterious and as majestic as the substance of God itself. Begin today to revere yourself, then you are not far from believing in God. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Get the best of our podcast in heirloom hardcover or digital ebook by visiting inspirationallifelessons.com. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking with you next time.